It is the fourth day of the Omer. This is Rabbi Kalman Akiva Kovacs continuing the Mishnah Yomi. We are beginning the seventh Perik, Perik Mavrich in Kivaim. And Mavrich, as we're going to see, is the act of taking one of the tendrils, one of the stems of the Gefen, of the grapevine, and moving it underground and then taking it back up above ground and so you have a plant in one place and then one of the one of the stems one of the vines from it is going to a different place and coming back up and at that new location the grapevine hopefully will start to grow new roots and become its own self-sufficient plant there at which point they could disconnect it from the original plant so you could take a grapevine and make two grapevines out of it over time by being mavrich. Uh, mavrich is cognate to birkayim, to, to knees. Because apparently you bend it like a knee, as we're going to see mentioned in the Mishnah. Good, so perik zayin mishnah alech hamavrich et a gefen ba'aretz. Someone who's basically is training one of the gefen vines underground and then taking it above ground. Imein afar al if you do not have three hands breadths of dirt above it, you can't plant something on top of this underground vine. Now it's underground, so but the hashash is if you plant something above it, the roots of the other species are going to go down and combine with the vine and graft onto it, which would be usur as kilaim. Afilu even if you grafted it through a gourd, you took an empty gourd shell and used that as like a casing, as like insulation for a wire, osilon, or through a pipe. Farshim point out this is a, a cheris pipe, that the early pipes were earthenware and that roots of other plants could penetrate the earthenware. The Bartner says if you have a metal pipe, then we're not worried roots are going to get through it, though we might have uh, seen plumbing disasters where roots have eventually worked their way through metal pipes. The Romans famously used lead pipes. Plumbing is from the word plumbus, which is lead, uh, and that they used lead pipes, which is thought to have contributed to um, mental disorders among the Roman population because they dr- drank lead in their drinking water. If he put it through rock, he put this, uh, this tendril of the grape through hard rock, not soft rock, the Bartner says, dafka, hard rock, uh, even if you only have three fingers of dirt on top, and Bartner says, even even no dirt, but really you need three fingers of dirt to plant anything, you could plant something else on top of your underground vine tendril because it's going through rock. Arbosa, how did they drill through rock? Hard rock. We're talking about late Bronze Age, early Iron Age. How do they drill through rock? So it's actually a discussion by the pyramids of Egypt and by other artifacts in Egypt that have been drilled uh, in a very precise manner through very hard granite that perhaps they possessed, even in the Bronze Age, uh, some means of drilling through rocks of which we are not aware. So there are some, there, there is a machloikis raging among Egyptologists about how they could have possibly uh, quarried the stones in precise manner. And there are some artifacts that are granite that are very precise, uh, some granite boxes and things like this. And that's sort of a mystery how they dug through that very hard rock. 
but we know there's a Gemara in uh, in Gittin 58. There's a thing called a shamir. A shamir is something that cuts through hard stone. And the Gemara in Sota 48b says that Moshe Rabbeinu used it to carve the uh, the the Avne Miluyim, the stones of the Aphod, for the Mishkan as well, that it could cut precisely through very hard materials, like even diamonds, even hard granite and hard rocks. So the Shamir, Rashi says, was a worm. So the Shamir perhaps was a worm. They have discovered there is a, a river worm in the Philippines that eats rocks. However, the Shamir is described as being the size of a barley corn. And the Gemara in Sota says that it was dangerous and had to be kept in a lead basket. So a lead basket would block radiation. So it's a bit of a mystery what the Shamir really was, but apparently it was used for the Avni Milim and used in the construction for the Beis Mikdash because they could not use iron tools to cut the rocks for the Mizbeach because iron famously is a weapon that shortens the lifespan and the Mizbeach is the means of Kapara to lengthen our lifespan. So the Shamir was employed by Shlomo and his artisans to build to cut through stone precisely and build the base of Mikdash. So perhaps they had some sort of Shamir technology or related boring technology, not boring, but drilling, to get these roots through solid rocks. Anyway, back to the actual Mishnah Yomi. Ha'arkuba Shebegefen, the knee joint in the Gefen, and the Mepharshim explained this could be where the original vine is all underground. So you have the original vine in one place, and it doesn't even come above the soil. You've taken the whole thing and bent it underground, taken it through the ground, and then up in a different place that might encourage new root formation. So you don't measure this for vineyard purposes from the original planting location because that's all underground. It's not even seen. You measure it from the second location where it comes up from the earth now. Wonderful. Mishnah base. Mavrich shalosh nirin. You are Mavrich, three grapevines, and their original place is Nire. So they're coming up the ground in one place, in one row. But then you take one of the vines, there are multiple vines coming out of the, this one plant, and some of them are in the, in the original place, and some of them you Mavrich underground to a new place. If there is between four and eight Amot distance between the original row and the new row of mavrechized grapevines, harelum and starfoot, they combine, they combine to form a legal vineyard. Recall in the fourth parak we said to be legally a vineyard, you need two rows, one row of two and one row of three. Now here you're gonna end up with two rows of three. You're gonna have three originals and then three mavrech uh, trained underground vines that come up out of the ground and that's gonna form another row if they're between four and eight amot apart. Because if they're more than eight amot apart, it's like completely separate, it's too much separation. And if it's less than four, it's too close. It's within that avodot akerum, that workspace. But between four and eight, perfect, they will combine im lav. But if not, enamit starfot, if it's too close, too far, it does not combine. Gefen shiyovsha, another halacha, a gefen that dried out, the leaves fell off. Asura, it's usur to plant something within the workspace of that gefen, v'enamikadeshes, but it doesn't make it usur as kilayim, because lamaisa, this grapevine is dead. However, in the winter, many grapevines lose their leaves, 
So between Maris Ayin, the Mepharshim say it looks like Kilayim, because people don't know this grapevine is dead, they think it's merely resting. Rabbi Meir Omer, of Tzemer Geffen, Asar Venim Kodesh. Meir says similarly, Tzemer Geffen, that's cotton. The cotton plant is similar in appearance to uh, to the grapes. It's usher to plant other things within it, as if it's a grape, but it doesn't make them mikudish. Doesn't make them the bad kiddush that needs sreifa. That makes it usher as kilaim. Rabbi Elazar bar Tzadik Omer Mishmo Af Al Gabei Geffen Usher Veinimikadosh says even on top of a geffen, even if you put the cotton on the geffen, um, sorry, he says saying. Of all Gabe Giffen, also in the Mikolish, he says, even above the grapevine, you can't plant other seeds, but it doesn't make it also if it's a if it's um what Rabbi Elizar Ratzadik was saying is back to the first Mishnah, if you have an underground geffen, it's similar to a geffen that's dried out and dead. You you can't see this tendril of the grape underground, so it's usher to put seeds on top and it doesn't make it become real mamish kilayim because there's nothing there to see unless they actually join together. Shkoyach